Hello and welcome to the Quit Bitchin' Nation podcast. I'm your host, Rosario Smyrny. This is our fourth episode in which we interview Chuck Webner. This boxing legend is the inspiration behind the Rocky series. Sloan went and saw him fight against Muhammad Ali and inspired him to write um, Rocky 1. In this interview, we're going to talk to Chuck about this, about his fights with George Foreman, Sonny Liston, Andre the Giant, and most importantly, Muhammad Ali, in which he was 40-1 to 1 underdog. Um, many different awesome stories. Um, you're definitely going to want to tune into this one. All right, let's get started with Chuck. Here it is. Yeah, there we go. Hey, sorry, we must have got disconnected. Um, we're yeah. just no, no big deal. So I was just telling you. Um, yeah. I started. I started with smokers. You know, when I was a kid, they used to have these matches with the little kids with the big gloves, and you'd fight each other. You know, and uh, I did that for a while, and then um, I, uh, as I grew up, I started playing a lot more basketball. I like basketball. So I, I didn't do much boxing as a teenager. But then when I went in the Marine Corps, I joined the Marine Corps in 1956. And uh, you're still there, right, Rosario? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Anyway, I joined the Corps in 56, and I boxed a little bit in the Corps. I had three, um, three what they call smokers, which were a referee, you know, and you just get in there and bang it out, no rules, my type of fight. Sure. And uh, my best punch was my my rabbit punch and my headlock with a right uppercut. You know, you could it was more like brawling. Sure. And, and, and I got out of the court and I went back to playing basketball and to work because I was married to my first wife at that time. I'm now with my third wife, Linda. And um, you know, I started boxing again. They they asked me to try out for the Bayonne PAL boxing team that was going into the uh, New York and East Coast National Golden Glove Championship, which was the big one in Madison Square Garden. And uh, I said, yeah, why not? You know, I tried out. And they weren't really going to let me go on a team because they didn't think I was ready. You know, I was just a, a brawler. I didn't really learn too much about boxing. But anyway, I went in in 1965. And at that time and to this time, no heavyweight had ever won the East Coast National Golden Glove. Anyway, I won it. I won five straight bouts, and I won the heavyweight championship. And uh, then I went on the next bout, and I beat the AAU champion. Um, and I started boxing amateur. And I had about, uh, I don't know, 25, 27 bouts. You know, they were uh, half of them were sanctioned, half of them weren't, you know, at different high schools and all. And... Um, then we decided uh, to turn pro. You know, I had a guy named Gary Garofola who owned the Rag Doll up in Union City, and a guy named um, Al Braverman, who was a corner man. And they uh, they took me on as a pro, and I started boxing pro in uh, 1966. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, oh, thank you for your service to Marines. That's um, something we yeah. definitely appreciate. Um, uh, big time. So then you're you're you're, you're pros, and then you're you're going along, and then um, what I've seen in the movie and the research, you're you're ranked um eighth in the world, right? At the well, time, I was after about that. I was after about twelve years. Yeah, it took me a long time. I had to fight a lot of good guys and a lot of tough guys. I fought four world champions: uh, Ali, uh, 
Liston, uh, Terrell, and um, um, let's see, four. Ali, Liston, Terrell, and uh, Foreman. Foreman. And, uh, yeah, I had to, uh, took me 12 years to get there, but I finally got ranked ace in the world, and I was a, a white heavyweight at that time, which was a commodity because there wasn't very many good white heavyweights around. There was myself and Quarry, who Ali had beaten twice already, George Chavalo, who Ali had beaten. And um, in uh, 1975, um, they were looking for an opponent. Ali had just knocked out George Foreman. Uh, I'm sorry, had knocked out Sonny Liston. And, um, sure. They were looking for a, a white heavyweight to fight for the title, and I was the only one in the top ten. Um, eight ranked eighth in the world. I was on a uh, nine-bout winning streak, and uh, they chose me, and I got my shot, and I was a 40-to-1 underdog, and uh, everybody really thought it would just be a tune-up for Ali, you know, and uh, uh, anyway, I won 15 rounds. I won 15 rounds, and I had Ali down in the ninth round, and uh, I did a lot better than anybody ever thought, and uh, Sylvester Stallone had gone to, the, to a theater, to see the bout because he was a big Ali fan sure. and um, he got the inspiration. He's look at this, a 41 under, underdog. Nobody gave him a chance. The guy goes 15 rounds, drops Ali, gives him a great fight. And uh, he wrote the movie Rocky. And uh, uh, as a matter of fact, he's uh, one of his co-producers called me and told me about it. And I went to see the movie in New York and uh, uh, I was even amazed that the movie was so great. And uh, I remember after the movie, because everybody in the theater knew that I was the inspiration. It was in New York. And he got up and he gave me a standing ovation. And um, Stallone called me a couple of days later and um, asked me if I would come to New York and read for the park because he wanted to put me in Rocky too. And uh, sure. I did that, but I wasn't, you know, mm. and I didn't. I didn't take the part seriously. I should have. I should have studied it and did better with it, but I didn't. And I went to, um, to Philadelphia, and I read for the part. Uh, I didn't do well. Matter of fact, after the first time, uh, I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I'm not an actor. I didn't do it. I walked out. Stallone followed me out in the hallway and gave me back the script. And said, Chuck, this is your movie. You're my inspiration. I want you in it. He said, go, go study this part. Come back in an hour. He said, I want you to read for it again. And I did that. I went down the hall. As a matter of fact, I went in the men's room and because uh, it was quiet there. And I'm there reading the part, and I'm punching the, the, the walls in the, in the bathroom, you know, the, the, the tin walls. And, and people look around, what the hell is this guy doing? He must be nuts. I was, I, I was trying to get into the part. And uh, as Ali's sparring partner, Ching Weber, that was the part that uh, Salon wrote into the movie for me. And I went back in and I read, and I thought I did better, but it still wasn't really good enough. And Stallone decided not to use the the, um, the part in the movie. So hey, so he said, I said, I kept uh, I kept fighting, and uh, hey, I lasted another five years, and I retired in 1980. Yeah, that that's incredible. I mean, to go. To go back, um, then I have a few more questions. To go back to that fight, I mean, you know, I saw the movie and 41 odds, um, 
and you know, you gave it. It was it was your first time you uh you trained full time, right? You said you you went harder than you trained. Yeah, uh, first, uh, first time I ever trained at all. I used to work during the day and train at night. This time I went up to camp. I had full time training. I had sparring partners. I I lived right and I slept right and uh, uh, I got it right. That was my saying. I lived right. I, I got it right and. Uh, you know, it was the only fight in my career because even after that, I went back to work and uh, trained part-time again. But for that fight with Ali, Don King paid for everything, sent me up to the Granite Hotel in upstate New York. And um, I uh, I got myself into great shape. Nowadays, I'm just, uh, you know, I stay in the gym. I'm, I'm having a, a battle now with cancer. I've had cancer now for the last two years rectal cancer and uh, I've actually lost close to 40 pounds I just uh, it's tough it's tough I just uh, I go day to day and uh, now I'm doing more help with my wife because they uh, they're writing a screenplay for a movie about her called Linda so um, I'm still working I'm still with the Allied Liquors which is the biggest liquor company in the state of New Jersey and uh, I'm still working there. She's working there also. And, uh, you know, I'm paying more attention to what we can get done for, for Linda, you know, Linda in the movie. Sure. Well, that's that's great. And um, good luck. You'll be fine when you're battling with cancer. You're definitely uh, the, uh, a tough enough guy to beat that um, for sure. And that that's great. I mean, there's so – I mean, I, I guys, I was telling Mike, uh, you know, Kunda yesterday, I said we could – I don't want to tie up your time. I could talk for hours. I mean, you, our listeners, you fought, which I think we got to talk about real quick before you go. You know, the Andre the Giant, you yeah. know what I mean, which is a reference to Thunderlips and Rocky Three. I mean, I and um, I didn't like when I watched Chuck. I didn't know that was coming up, but as soon as it happened, I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "This, this is Rocky Three, you know." And then, uh, you know that that's that's unbelievable. That was that Shea Stadium, yep, correct? Uh, that was it. A- uh, double header that night. The other bout was Ali fighting Anoki in Japan, which after I fought Andre there, I went to Japan and I fought Anoki. And uh, I spent uh, oh, okay. 16 days in Japan. Great, one of the greatest times of my life. Uh, I was, sure. um, you know, I was uh, housed in a, uh, they put me up in a penthouse, Mr. Shima, who, uh, who was the guy who promoted everything. Great guy over there. And they put me up in a penthouse and paid for everything. I had a limo. I had an unlimited expense account. Um, I lived like a king for 16 days. And I had to train. I had to train hard because they follow you around over there with, with cameras everywhere you go. So I was in great shape when I went over there, but I got in great shape. And uh, I fought Anoki, and uh, he won by a uh, fifth-round reverse uh, crab. He yeah, Boston Crib was cool. He got me and bent me backwards, and I tapped out. And, uh, oh, sure. Standing, I was doing pretty well. Once he took me to the ground, uh, it's like the mixed martial arts now. You know, completely sure. different uh, type of fight. And uh, But I had such a great time there. And then I went to Australia, and I fought in Australia. And uh, uh, Because Al Braveman was my manager now the last uh, – 15 years of my career because uh, my manager, Gary Garofola, had some problems with the feds and they put him in prison. And uh, 
So Al actually did the managing, and Al Braveman was a very, very smart man, besides being a great cut man. And I needed that because I had uh, 328 stitches in my eyes wow. and in my mouth. And you know, I used to get busted up. I was never knocked out or down in my entire career, except with Muhammad Ali in the 15th round. And that was from, uh, that was really from exhaustion. The punch that hit me actually glanced off my left shoulder and, and I fell down. I got up right at eight, but uh, Tony Tor Torres, the referee, uh, stopped the fight and uh, made it a TKO. But uh, I could have lasted the last 19 seconds, even though I was very tired. But it was a great experience. I got uh, after the fight, I toured with Ali and I played Mr. Tuesday uh, fighting Ali. And I would knock him down and then they would come in and brush his teeth. He would jump up. They were trying to get the kids from Washington, D.C., in that area to brush their teeth. And I'll be good. Sure. It was like a, almost like a documentary. And I got to know, I spent three days with him, and um, we became great friends. You know, I um, I loved the man. I thought he was not only a, maybe one of the two or three greatest heavyweights that ever lived, but he was just a great man. He was, uh, had a big heart, big smile, and... Um, it broke my heart when I heard that he died, and I, I, uh, I drove up to Kentucky, and I was one of the people that were there at his wake, myself and uh, six or seven other champions, and wow. we uh, we sent them off the way he deserved to be sent off, like a king. A great sure. man, great fighter, and uh, the world is a, uh, a lot less of a world without Muhammad Ali. I'll tell you. Sure. Sure. Now I um yeah I'm a big boxing fan and I was I was talking to my friend last night and I I was seeing like the difference now with boxing is you know they there's supposed to be a fight between maybe two heavyweights and it happens three years later I thought yeah I thought you know, everything is show business now they come in you know you when I was fighting you were allowed to have three people in the ring you were allowed to have your manager your cub man or your corner man and the guy with a bottle. A lot of water. Now they've got 15, 20 people come in, mariachi band. They've made a spectacle of it, you know. I mean, I'm complaining sure. about that. Hey, they're making a lot more money for the guys, and I'm happy about that because in my era, hey, I was a contender, ranked eighth in the world, and I, I got to fight Ali, and they only gave me $100,000. But to me, sure. it wasn't the money, you know, because like I said, I always worked and I trained. It was the fact that, hey, I got a shot at the heavyweight championship of the world, which everybody works for, you know, to, to go up the ranks and fight for the world championship. But I got to fight Muhammad Ali, the most famous man that ever lived. And um, I got my chance and I capitalized on it. You know, I went 15, I had him down and uh, everybody always says, Oh, but you didn't say, yeah, but if you answer the bell for the 15th round, that's going 15 rounds, you know, and of course, uh, it was just uh, it was a great opportunity for me, and I capitalized on it. And uh, here it is, uh, over forty years later, forty three years later, and I'm still doing interviews about the fight. Yep, exactly. I mean, think about—I wasn't even born yet, you know. And, you know, we're still talking about it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I, I saw the video and did some. They. they they, they predicted you to go one to three rounds, and you're, you go into the fifth, you know? Under, the I mean, under, over and under was five rounds. They said that he cut me up and stuff like that, you know. But he cut me, and I got some nicks, no, no serious bruises. 
uh, or cuts. I got, uh, I think I got one. I, it took uh, five stitches and another one, two stitches. You know, it just, uh, that was from his jab. He had a great jab. But um, it was, you know, it was awesome. As a matter of fact, you know, after I dropped him in the ninth round, I went back to the corner and I said to my manager, Al, start the call. We're going to the bank with millionaires. And Al said to me, Chuck, yeah. you better turn around and get up. He looks pissed off. I said, uh-oh. You know, it was just, um, and you heard the story about the negligee, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the night before the yeah, that. I went out and I bought my wife a powder blue negligee and I gave it to her and said, Honey, wear this to bed tonight because tonight you're going to be sleeping with the heavyweight champion of the world. So the fight's over. I come back to the, the hotel. I walk in and she's sitting on the edge of the bed. She says to me, she's wearing the powder blue negligee, by the way. She says to me, am I going to his room or is he coming to mine? I said, but, um, you know, there's a lot of great stories uh, through the years because I made appearances with him and uh, uh, I got to be with him and, uh, it was uh, his 70th birthday in Las Vegas. Uh, Bob Arum bought uh, about 30 people, the Sopranos, all former champions, guys who fought him. And we got to spend three days there with him in uh, the MGM Grand. And, um, you know, it was just, it was his 70th birthday. It was the greatest celebrity uh, array of people I, I mean everybody everybody in the world that was a big celebrity was there they had almost 2,000 people and um, we had a great time then too you know there's so many stories like that um, that remind me of uh, how great he was you know one real quick story and this is the truest story I swear to God on my children the day that Muhammad Ali died my sure. wife was in the bathroom in our condo here in Bayonne. My wife, Linda, she always correct. Anyway, and uh, now this, my, our apartment is sealed. We had the air on. We have no windows open here. We have screens on. All of a sudden, she started screaming, Chuck, Chuck, there's a big bug in here. I ran in the bathroom. It was a butterfly, a beautiful Wow. I swear to God on my children, and I brought the butterfly on Geraldo Rivera show the next day to show him. A butterfly. Wow. Look at this. That's Muhammad Ali telling us he's okay because he had died that morning. Anyway, sure. I got a, um, a plastic cup like that you get. They put Chinese food in it and I covered, sure. the, covered the, um, the butterfly and I caught it in the cup. I put holes in the top of the cup and I kept the butterfly because the next day we were going on the Geraldo Rivera show and I did. And I showed it to Rallo on national TV, and he said, that's one of the most amazing stories I ever heard. You know, Ali dies, and that day, a butterfly appears out of nowhere in your bathroom. You know, that just told me that Ali and I were so, you know, because we spent so much time together doing different things, and I know he always liked me a lot, and uh, I I love the man, and it's, uh, you know, it's, Anyway, listen, I kept that butterfly for two more days. And then, wow. and then one morning, I look in the cup because I had put holes in the top of the plastic cup for air. I look in the cup, sure. and it's laying there, motionless in the bottom of the cup. I said, oh, God, poor thing must have died of lack of air or something. I said, I'm going to bury it. I said to my wife, Linda, we went outside, and there's an area there by my condo with dirt and everything. I dug a little hole. I took the top of the 
of the uh, plastic container off to put him in it and bury him, and it came to life and flew out of the cup. Hey, you know, yeah. used to play dead. He used to make believe he was hurt, float like a butterfly, sing like a bee, and then uh, it flew away and flew into. Wow. I said to myself, you know, I, if I could write a book or tell a story about this, this would be the most amazing thing that has happened to me in my relationship with Muhammad Ali. And anyway, you know, there's a lot of little vignettes like that that uh, that I could tell and uh, I have told over the years. And uh, it was just uh, it was just the greatest time of my life. Sure. And, you know, it's interesting about that. And I, I think you would admit it worked out better. You were supposed to fight Foreman, right? So you're you're all set to fight right. Foreman. He beats – I mean, Ali upsets um, Foreman in Zaire. Right. Exactly. And so then you end up fighting – great. Yeah, I think I think much better from what I see. You know, he, he upsets – or Ali upsets Foreman, um, you know, through Manila, and then you get to fight Ali. I, I think that's uh, – it was meant to be that way, obviously. Yeah, you know? everything. A lot of things were meant to be, and uh... – and, you know, and, and through the years, you you run into people involved. Uh, one of the best people is Mike Kunda, my dear friend. You know, he, he's such sure. a great uh, Sylvester Stallone fan and a great Rocky fan. And I actually brought him in a couple of times to make appearances. And I got him paid with the unions sure. and all. He, he does such a great job as Rocky. He dresses up and everything. And um, Mike and I have been friends now Wow, 15 years, maybe. And uh, we've been up to his house to see him. He's been here in Bayonne with us. He stayed over a couple of times at my place. And uh, he's a terrific guy, him and Sue, his wife, Sue. And uh, that's one of the great things about fighting someone like Ali. You get to meet some, so many great people. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you're um, one of very few, and, and to do so well, too, you know? Right. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen so many. Yeah, I was talking to Mike. You know, I obviously, I know Mike. I grew up in Scranton. Now, I didn't know him when I when I lived there, but, you know, we, we met on different realms because of social media, and, um, you know, my, we're taking his tour, and uh, definitely he's the man I contacted uh, to get a hold of you. Didn't, didn't think it was ha was going to happen, though, to be honest with you. I didn't know that you'd be so receptive and nice. So I was thrilled um, when we made this happen. And uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always receptive. And I've been doing this for 43 years. I've never turned down anybody in my life. It's just, uh, you know, it's nice that they want to talk to me about it. And uh, uh, it's nice that I'm still able to talk to them because most of my contemporaries are either dead or don't really speak well. They, they're just not, uh, you know, from my era, from that 1975 era. The guys, uh, I think there might be two or three heavyweights from the top 10 still alive. And Ernie Terrell sure. just passed away a couple of years ago. And Bonavina's gone and Quarry's gone and Ali's gone and Fraser's gone. And he's just about, you know, and um, Kenny Norton, I don't know if he's still alive, but he was very, he, he died also, Norton's gone. And um, it's uh, to be the last, I call myself one of the last of the Mohegans. Because I sure. had some wars. So, I mean, I had, uh, you know, I had wars. I, I was a fighter. People used to say, oh, you were a boxer. You were, no, no, I wasn't a boxer. I was a fighter. You know, the bell rang, I came after you. 
and I was ready to fight. I I don't dance around. I don't uh, I don't loaf. I'm in the ring to win, and uh, I wasn't a great fighter. I never was. I never had the formal training that most of the guys get. Uh, I never had a full time trainer. Uh, my manager, Al Brayman, was trainer slash um, promoter. And um, it, uh, but I, I got respect during my career. People said, you know what? Chuck Weapon's a fighter, and he goes out and he gives you 110%. And uh, that's all you can ask for. Hey, I got my shot. I made the most of it. I'm still alive to enjoy the last 43 years after the bout and even before the bout. I, I was the. Uh, New York National East Coast National Champion heavyweight, the first and only one to this day from New Jersey. Uh, I was a New Jersey champion, North American champion, NABA heavyweight champion, which was the National Americas heavyweight championship of the world when I beat Terrell. That's what that bout was for. And um, I, I hold a lot of titles. And right now in the city of Bayonne, they have a three, you ought to come to Bayonne sometime. They have three. They have a three-story sure. mural of me in the middle of town, three stories high. And right now they've made a statue of me, which will be going up the end of September, the beginning of October. It'll be put in the biggest park in Hudson County. It's seven feet tall. It's like the, like wow. the Salon statue. It's beautiful. And wow. uh, they've been doing a lot of PR stuff. As a matter of fact, they have a, um, a celebrity comedy roast, like the Dean Martin style roast. September 26th here sure. in Bayonne, and they're going to uh, unveil the statue there. It's finished, but they're going to unveil it, and uh, they've already sold. There's going to be 30 tables there, and they've already, already sold 11 in two weeks. It's gonna wow. be, uh, that's going to be nice, and uh, uh, things have been working out great for me. You know, if, if I can just get past this this medical problem, you know, I'm trying, but it's so far, it's winning. You know, like I said, I lost 40 pounds and still have some problems. And uh, but I'm I'm hanging in there, and now uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll uh, we'll take it a day at a time, like they say in the in the program, one day at a time. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, one round at a time. I I think you could beat it for sure. If anyone can, you can. You know. So from what I've what I've I've heard, but um and yeah, definitely you you got it. Um, I look forward to uh staying in touch, and I, I definitely, if you don't mind, I'd like to um I'm gonna send you guys some stuff, some clothes uh, for you and Linda if you want. So uh, my my clothing no, brand, if that's fine. Of course, not. and like I said, if you ever are you still in training? Which yeah, I'm in, no, I'm in D.C. now, Virginia, but. I will. I will make a trip to Bayonne for sure. Well, you know, if you ever, if you ever decide that you want to come into Bayonne, give me a call. I'll meet you somewhere. I'll take you around, show you the, the statue and the mural and place I used to train or whatever, and uh, take you out to lunch. And uh, because it's not a uh, uh, it's not a long trip. I I appeared up in Washington uh, just recently, about two years ago. I did an autograph okay. signing thing. Here's another funny story. I'm driving up to Washington, and I, I drive. I, I lease cars. I get new Lincolns every two years. I'm driving a Lincoln Continental now with plates that say champ with boxing gloves. I've had that for 43 sure. years. Anyway, uh, the cop pulled me over. I was doing about, they said I was doing 91. Anyway, I always do 91. 
Anyway, pull me over. Cop comes up and says, champ, how are you? I said, officer, so was I speeding? He's all, we're not worried about test. He's about 30 miles back. We spotted your license plate, and they wired ahead that you were heading this way. Uh, you were making an appearance, I understand, because it's been in the local papers. He says, we just want to give you an escort to the place where wow. they're, they're doing the, um, the appearance, your appearance. So anyway, two squad cars gave me an escort, and they were clipping it off pretty good. They were all both doing about 85. Uh, we went up to the place, and I made the appearance. I had a, uh, a four-hour signing appearance. Uh, they, had, oh, right, they had a couple thousand people there. And afterwards, we went to Wawa. They said, uh, have you ever eaten in Wawa? And I said, yeah, I've eaten in Wawa. I said, come on, we, because they were off duty by then. And I went there with about five troopers. And we, they bought me sandwich and soda and uh, took a lot of pictures. And then I drove home. I drove back home. But it's nice to see with things, things happen like that because you watch Chuck Webner, you fought Ali, you movie Rocky and all. And one thing falls into another and uh, things work out great for you. Yep. Yeah. Well, like I said, you took, you took advantage of your opportunity more than, um, you know, more than people thought. And these stories are unreal. Like that's what, like me and Mike, he said, you know, he's, you know, we're all similar, you know what I mean? Hardworking people. Right. And uh, he said, the stories that you have, I, I, I know you got a, a trillion of them. I mean, you fought a bear. Uh, I mean, I fought Victor I mean, the bear twice. I mean, now I fought him twice. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, the, the first time I, I was hitting him in the nose and the bear got mad that nobody told me you're not supposed to hit this bear in the nose. That's a very tender spot on a bear. And a bear picked me up and threw me about 15 feet and then jumped on me. And, you know, he was he's trained not to hurt you, but just from rolling around on me with his hair, the hair on a bear is like brillo. My whole body sure. was like red and scratched. So the second time when I fought him, I said, I'm, I'm sitting in a ring looking at this bear across the ring, and I said to my manager, Al, I said, Al, this bear remembers me. He don't like me. Look at him looking at me with those little beady eyes. Now said to me, yeah, he probably fought a thousand people. He, he don't remember you. But you know something about bears? They're like elephants. Their nose, they get your sure. scent. They never forget it. Anyway, the bell rang. I stood up and I said, I'm, the bear roared. He went, Arr! I said, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Excuse my friend. I said, I'm getting out of here, and I turned around to get out of the ring, and the bear took one leap and had my leg. I got caught in the upper <laughs> strand of the rope, and it was like a slingshot. He took me out into the sure. audience. I landed on one of the dinner tables because it, it was up for Art Stock's play. He had a big country club up there. And I landed on a table. The table broke. I fell down, everything got splattered, and my friends picked me up and says, come on, champ, get up, get back in there and get him. I says, are you nuts? This bear was on the edge of the, on the, edge of the ring, and the referee was up to four, counting four. I yelled out, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Are you in? That was it. I ain't going for that twice in a row. But yeah, they led the bear away, and uh, yeah, we raised $30,000. A charity that night and uh, you know things I did probably 
in my lifetime, probably 30 or 45, 50 things for charity, a lot of different charity things. And so that made it worthwhile. Sure. Of course. Definitely. That, I mean, unbelievable stories. I mean, my God, I mean, I, I, I have notes. I mean, we, I have, I've had you here yeah. forever. I mean, wow. Well, like I mean, someday if, if, Someday if we ever get together, we'll sit down and I'll tell you 15 or 20 of them. Because for Ali, there was always something happening. He was he was so full of life and so great. And he was his own showman, you know. He said, sure. well, you're fighting Ali. You know, you got to do a lot of publicity. I said, I got news for you. You'll fight Muhammad Ali. Believe me, he'll do the publicity. He'll promote the fight. <laughs> and I just wish that... Um, this movie that they're doing about my wife, Linda, um, was uh, was now, and Ali was alive now, because I know he would sure. have helped us. You know, I asked him a couple of times to do me favors, and he did it, and um, he was just so accommodating and so wonderful, and his wife, Lonnie, who actually kept him alive the last 20 years of his life, you know, Lonnie nursed him and took care of him and made sure everything was okay with him, and uh, he was very lucky to have a great wife, too. So that's sure. why he lasted as long as he did. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Wow. With this, and it, it's been great okay. again. Um, I I appreciate it. I'm definitely sending you some stuff, and I'm, I'll am i talk to my wife and see if I can get out to Bayonne. Um, you know, Scranton's not yeah. that far. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a trip home and then I'll come up there. I would definitely appreciate that. I mean, we could talk for days. I think you're going away tomorrow or somewhere on vacation. Going away for a few days to Atlantic City, and then we come back in a few weeks. We got a vacation with my company, Allied, and uh, we bought a uh, a condo down in Hollywood, Florida, a beautiful condo. And uh, so we're going to be going back and forth like my Jewish bosses. My Jewish bosses own yeah. in Florida. Yeah. They own a home up here. So they, they told me I could buy one down there and be like them. So I said, oh, good. That's awesome. Well, listen, I got some advice for you. If you go to, if you're in Atlantic City, or and then when you move down to Florida, there's a place called Cafe Moderano. Well, he's, um, he's a dear friend of mine of over 30 years. Oh, Steve, I, I know Steve through going to his, what a great Steve, guy. I know, you know Stevie more than 30 years. If you ever run into Stevie again, or if I tell him that you know Chuck Weapon. I mean, I, I used to go to, yeah, he just lost his son, unfortunately. I know. I saw that. I, I just, yeah, I'm actually going to, I'll write him today and tell me, I know his son just died. Yeah. I saw that. yeah but uh, we used to go to his restaurant down in uh, Florida, Fort Lauderdale. And about, have you ever yep, been to that restaurant? Oh, we had my bachelor party there. 30 guys. Yeah. It was un, the best food I've ever had. And I'm Italian, you know, my family's from Italy and it's still, well, he's best. got about 60 TVs in that place. Okay. Yep, I go down yep. there one time and I'm, you know, there was a long line. There had to be 30 or 40 people. I'm standing there, and the manager comes out and says, Champ, what are you doing here? What am I doing? I'm going to go in. He said, why are you standing on line? Steve knows you're outside. Come on. Brings me in. Steve Mutterano put the Muhammad Ali Chuck Wepner fight on every TV. Oh, my God. Baseball wow. game going on and different things. And everybody's going, oh, what the hell's going on here? Uh, every TV, the same thing. And Stevie says, hey, Chuck Weapon's in the house. We watch the Muhammad Ali. And everybody says, oh, okay. 
you know, but that's that's the kind of guy. A couple of times I went there late, like or early morning, and he'd be prepping. You know, he used to prep and do a lot of the work for the food himself. You know, he had his yeah. own sauce. As a matter of fact, that uh, first time we went down there, he sent to me, mailed to me, uh, a few of his bottles of the sauce, his famous sauce, to my house yeah. in Bayonne. He, he's a great guy, great guy. Okay. You know. Yeah, that, that. Well, that's great. I I appreciate. That's a great. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Steve. I'll, I'll write to him on uh, social media. You said hi. That that's the great yeah, Chuck, Great restaurant. Chuck Weppner said hi, and he said thanks for the great sauce. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Um, I have you guys' number. I'll be in touch, and I, I can't thank you guys enough. Hi, right, Rosario. Have a nice day, son. Okay. You have a great trip. Bye bye. Hello, thank you for everyone that listened. Um, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. What we're going to do for everyone that listened, um, use the discount code CHUCK20 to get 20% off on your order online. Make sure you type it in the discount section and make sure you hit the plus sign to make it apply that it'll work. Also, if you like the podcast, give us a review on uh, online. Give us five stars if that's how you feel. Our website is w.quitbitchingcoalition.com. That's how you get our apparel. And um, and Instagram is at Quibitch and Coalition. Stay tuned for the next episode.